Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. Hour two on a Tuesday. We'll hear more from Steve Sarkeesian coming up on the Longhorn scrimmage from Saturday. Young standouts, the quarterbacks, and what's to come with 18 days to the start of the season inside three weeks now. And the Longhorns will face the Rice Owls and launch the all-gas, no-excuses season. Big 12 championship or bust, y'all. That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Yep. Been picked by all the different media sources and outlets to be the top team in the Big 12. Unanimous now. It's a sweep. Yeah. The AP poll, coaches, the media poll for the Big 12 uh, media. Everybody's picking Texas. So if you don't finish as the top team in the Big 12, then we know you didn't meet expectations. It's clear. Cowboys get their deal done with their Hall of Fame right guard. Details on that coming. Real quick, though, picking up some of the facts of the day, conversation about baseball. Uh, here's the numbers, Rod, about schedule the rest of the way. The Astros now trailed the Rangers by three and a half games in the AL West after Houston got beat last night in Miami. Framber Valdez pitched pretty good. It was 2-1 to one into the eighth inning, and then he gave up back-to-back home runs, and it became 4-1. to one. Astros just one run each of the last two games. They're scoring 22 runs on Friday and Saturday against the Angels. Bats mm. have gone quiet on Sunday and into Monday, but the Rangers blasted the Angels last night. Again, how how silly is that? Angels not trading Shohei Otani at the deadline, continuing to look. It gets worse Still by the day. Still doesn't make any sense unless they resign him. They resign him, then we That's all their look only... like we didn't know what was going on. They You're knew. right. Yeah, you're right about that. And uh, Rangers won't have to face Shohei Otani coming up on Wednesday. They're going to mm-hmm. skip his scheduled start because of some arm fatigue. And I don't know why this guy's tired. What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he's only uh, probably of all the professional athletes in America. I don't think anybody does more than yeah. Shohei does. He's literally playing two way. He's a two way player, literally. Did you see though that uh, I read an article over the weekend because we I got to see Shohei play live against the Astros, and a Buddy sent me a, a story that he one of his big big uh, non negotiables. He sleeps twelve hours a day. Sleeps twelve hours a Shohei? day. Yes. Oh, well, a lot of athletes do. LeBron sleeps ten. J.J. Watt used to sleep 10, Usain Bolt. For elite athletes, they actually try to get 10 hours of sleep. I know it's tough to do when you're going like James Harden and you're going to strip club all the time. <laughs> so not every hours? elite athlete does it. No, so, he, he tries to get 12. Huh? He's very specific with his, his yeah. schedule and his regimen and his sleep patterns. Uh, he believes LeBron has talked about that like ten hours. Yeah, is there's goal. there's science backing up that you know if you can sleep that long, your body produces more growth hormone and, yeah, and recovery. Yeah, yeah. recovery so like is if, the big If he part. goes to bed at seven, is that twelve consecutive hours of sleep, or does he yes. taking a nap? Yes. I, well, wow. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't I'll, even know if I can do that. I can't. I can't do like that. seven p.m. Yeah, to my, seven a.m. Yeah, my body would not let me stay in bed that long. Well, obviously, I, last night when they were playing, yeah. the, he couldn't go to bed until after midnight. The game yeah. was over. But he's probably a lot more tired than I am. I don't. I'm not training for uh, professional baseball on you know as a two way player. But I don't. So, I, yeah. I should have said he's tired. He's got a little arm fatigue. His arms. He's, you know, he's pitched a lot of innings oh. and he's played a lot of baseball. Uh, but as far as the schedule goes for you Ranger and Astro fans, here's the numbers. The rest of the way, we know we're midway through August. So you have August and September, and then it's postseason time. The Astros have the third most favorable schedule the rest of the way. Their opponents have a winning percentage of under 500, 495. The Astros have 12 games to go with Oakland, Kansas City, Detroit, 
Those are among the worst teams in baseball. Um, so the Astros have the third easiest schedule the rest of the way. Only Minnesota and the Cubs have an huh. easier schedule. The Rangers, wow. Rod, have the toughest by winning percentage. The Texas Rangers opponents the rest of the way have a win percentage of 5-1-3. Uh, they have series against Seattle. The Astros coming up on Labor Day Go weekend. Trolls. The Blue Jays, Brewers, and Red Sox. So, you know, again, and, and I do think that series – I'll say this, and I've said it all year. The, the Rangers have been the best team all year, the better team all year. Now, head-to-head, the mm-hmm. Astros have had the advantage. Yep. The Astros have won more times against the Rangers. The Rangers have beat the Astros. So those three games in Arlington and Labor Day could become pretty massive, uh, to say the least. And if, you, you, if you're an Astro fan, you look, okay, they got games with Oakland. they got games with Detroit. they got games with Kansas City. These are teams you should be able to dominate who are going nowhere. Meanwhile, the Rangers are playing teams that not only are better than those teams, they're also still going to be in the mix for wild cards. They're going to be still playing for something deep into September. So that's a number to watch. Astros third easiest schedule the rest of the way. Rangers the toughest as far as contenders go. Um, I like that, but it has been interesting this you know, battle and division between the Astros and the Rangers. The Rangers can't separate from the Astros, and the Astros can't catch the Rangers. Anytime They've there's gotten a chance, they right? gotten to even. Yeah, every time there's an opportunity for the Rangers to separate, the That's Rangers right. don't quite separate. And if there's, anytime there's a chance for the Astros to make up serious ground and catch them, they don't quite do it. You're right; they caught them once, but that's about it. And they've kind of maintained this lead, but it's not a really substantial lead. It's the Astros are within reaching distance, but the Astros, to the Rangers' credit. They've shown they are a legit team this year. This is not some outlier. This Rangers team is, uh, I, I think the turnaround for them uh, is real. Um, and it's just interesting that <laughs> they can't quite put their foot on the gas and separate now. You just pointed out that stat. It's going to be tougher. So if the Astros are going to close the gap, now's the time. Like, this is it, especially right before the series in the Gilf. That should be the series where the Astros are in a position to overtake the Rangers, actually. Yeah. And, and right now the Astros are playing one of those good teams. Miami is a, is a tough team right now because yeah. they're fighting for a National League wild card, and they're coming off a big series win over the Yankees, and you know, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. So this series in, in South Florida, an, an important one, while the Rangers are beating up on the Angels, who are fading fast. Uh, to say the least. But, yeah, still a lot of baseball left, and I'll say this for uh, the Rangers. Give Chris Young, their general manager, a lot of credit. At the deadline, you know, the, the Rangers and Ranger fans would know this. When you, At the end of July, they were kind of leaking oil. Right, mm-hmm. they, they took some injuries. Evaldi was hurt. Uh, Jonah Heim, their catcher, got hurt. And that's when the Rangers went after it, right? They made the Max Scherzer trade. They made the Jordan Montgomery trade. They, they made the moves. They signaled to their lock. Not only did they bring in – you know, support, and they, they, they signal to their locker room that we're going for this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's been good because really since they, we flipped the calendar to August, they've been outstanding. The Rangers, that's why the Astros can't gain any ground because the Rangers never damn lose. I mean, and even the loss they had on Sunday in San Francisco was a gut punch loss. They had a lead mm-hmm. in the 10th inning. They just gave it up on a two-run homer, uh, or they would have swept the Giants in San Francisco. Rangers, uh, a really, really quality ball club right now. No doubt about it. And they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 games. They've been outstanding in August. Let's get to your other headlines, though, trending topics to start your Tuesday. UBO Business Services brings it to you. Start with the Longhorns. As Rod mentioned, Longhorns listed it and land at number 11. In this week's uh, preseason eight, seasons, AP Top 25 preseason poll released yesterday by the media. Of course, the coaches poll was released a week ago and they had the Longhorns at 12. 
the 11th ranking in the AP marks the program's highest ranking in the initial poll since 2019. Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State are in the top three to start the year, followed by the Longhorns' Week 2 opponent, Alabama. LSU rounds out the top five. Texas is the highest-ranked Big 12 team in the AP, followed by the defending league champions, K-State. Then TCU at six, uh, K-State's at 16, TCU 17, Oklahoma 20. Longtime and future rival A&M slotted at 23. After yesterday afternoon's practice in the Texas heat, uh, and that followed Saturday morning's first full squad training camp scrimmage. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian met with the media, said he's thrilled that the team has remained injury-free so far. He was also asked about the improvement of Bastrop Cedar Creek senior defensive lineman Alfred Collins. I think Alfred has been had a great training camp. Um, very, very impressive. You know, for a big man, he's extremely athletic and powerful. And one of the things, and you can go back to old press conferences of mine, when I, when I referenced Alfred, I used to talk about consistency, like we're talking about now, about, you know, he, if he can stay consistent, he's a dominant player, and that was always been a little bit of a struggle. Well, he's found consistency now. Busy day in the NFL. Cowboys camp all-pro right guard Zach Martin has agreed to a restructured deal that will guarantee him $36 million over the next two seasons. That puts an end to his holdout. Face-to-face meeting with Cowboys owner Jerry Jones prior to their game with Jacksonville on Saturday really helped uh, break the impasse with uh, between the team and the future Hall of Famer. Also yesterday, former Dallas Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott found a new team. One-year deal, New England Patriots, reportedly worth up to $6 million. In New York, the Jets have agreed to a deal with free agent running back Dalvin Cook. That's a one-year deal as well. Major League Baseball, we mentioned the Astros now three and a half back of the Rangers after last Go night. Strong. How good was Max Scherzer? Only allowed an infield single and a walk while striking out 11 over seven innings as the Rangers pound the Angels. 12-0. Astros lost in Miami 5-1. How about the Atlanta Braves? They blast the Yankees in the opener of that marquee series in Atlanta. Braves now lead the NL East by a whopping 11.5 games. Yankees, meanwhile, now just a game over 500 and five and a half games out of a wild card spot. In soccer, Women's World Cup down under. Spain has advanced to the Women's World Cup final with a thrilling win over Sweden last night. A goal in the match's 90th minute. They will meet the winner of the other semifinal. Australia and England will play today. The, the final is coming up Sunday. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. It's very interesting that Jerry Jones wanted to play hardball with Zach Martin, and I guess that lasted basically through the first preseason game after watching <laughs> the Cowboys' offensive line, the first preseason game versus the Jaguars, all the kind of the hardball antics of Jerry Jones went right out the window. Him and Zach Martin talked. And, and Zach Martin, to a texter, brought this up, too. It's a great point. Zach Martin obviously didn't want to be the highest-paid guard because he's not the highest-paid guard, or maybe that was the compromise. Uh, but right now he's just uh, top three, I believe, highest-paid guards. But he was eighth. Prior to them getting this new deal done, I'm glad Jerry Jones did not try to play hardball. I think Dak wanted Zach to also get his money. He remarked about it. I'm sure Mike McCarthy also, considering he's, his job probably is on the line this year if he can't get them past the division around, he wanted the Hall of Fame guard there too. Uh, I, I I respect Jerry for trying to play some hardball because having two years left on your deal, that is not a precedent that you want to start in a Pandora's box you want to open up for guys being able to renegotiate deals with that much time left on their contract. There are exceptions to every rule, and Zach Barton is a Hall of Fame guard. Not just Hall of Fame guard. He is one of six offensive linemen in the Super Bowl era, six offensive linemen, period, to be named the AP All-Pro first team six times in their first nine seasons. 
and all of the other offensive linemen who have met that criteria are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, he's headed there. And he and he's headed there. So, Jerry Jones, I know you don't want to make the exception to give a guy a new deal with two years left on that contract. Not every player is going to be a guaranteed Hall of Famer who's going to ask for that. And somebody else who's not of the ilk of Zach Martin comes to you and asks for that kind of money and extension with two years left on their deal, you just need to sit down and say, hey, are you a future Hall of Famer? And if they're not, don't give it to them. If they are, <laughs> give it to them. Because <laughs> yeah, ain't many of those guys. You, you ain't getting it. <laughs> getting it. Uh, all right. So, and, and his quote yesterday, Zach Martin said, "I think I just think I've been here a long time. I've accomplished some great things, but just felt like where I was in the market. That's something that has been deserved, and I felt strongly about it. Obviously, it took a little time, but I'm super grateful to the Joneses. Once we started talking and having that connection, we were able to figure something out that worked for both of us. And I'm sure his head coach, Mike McCarthy, said, "Hey, Jerry, come on, man." <laughs> Come on, man. You, you know we've changed the offense. <laughs> We're going to run base. <laughs> I need that guy. He's pretty good. Our division's tough. The NFC's got some great defensive linemen. I oh, need that guy. Interior D linemen, too. Let's not mess around. We got a plan, Jerry. Let's you, not you, screw this thing up. We have the money. Let's figure it out. You got the money. And and we all know there are ways to maneuver. Um, there are ways to circumvent the salary cap. You can restructure, back load, front load. You can go cash over cap. There are ways for you to get around. You can be really savvy with the way you maneuver the cap. You can't manipulate it because that is, you know, that's against the CBA. It's um, I always say it's like tax evasion. Tax evasion is illegal, but tax avoidance is perfectly legal. You can put that on your business card. We specialize in tax avoidance. All right. And same thing with the salary cap. You can circumvent. All right. You can find ways around the salary cap. You just can't manipulate it. And the Cowboys can do that. And I think that's where they, they went and found the money for Zach Moore. The money is there. All right. And the Cowboys just wanted to set an example, um, and they wanted to, I don't know why they wanted to make an example out of Zach Martin. That didn't make any sense. There are a few things in life you don't skimp on, all right? Condoms, toilet Ooh. paper, lawyer, surgery, tools. sushi. I'm big on tools. Tools, maybe one of those buying things. buying tools, buy yeah. good tools. Buy good tools, yeah, because you're going to use them forever. If you and buy you, cheap tools. you can tools, hand them down to your kids. Yeah, exactly right. There you go. See, that's a good one. I like that. I'm going to add that to the list. Certain things in life are not worth skimping on, and O-line is one of those things. Like, don't buy cheap condoms. That's stupid. <laughs> the, the, the consequences could be dire for you. Don't do that. Cheap surgery, you know, Brazilian butt lift surgery. You want one butt cheek, you know, two butt cheeks for the price of one. You don't want to do that. One butt cheek half off. No, you don't want that. Just get pay for the full price surgery. It's worth it. Take care of your Hall of Famers. Take care of your Hall of Famers. That's also something, too. Don't skip on that. Don't be a, have a disgruntled Hall of Famer on your team. That ain't cool. 7.15 on Ian Rod B. Coming up, we still got today a great round of bullish or BS before the end of the hour. More on these big NFL stories. We'll preview the uh, second episode of Hard Knocks tonight with the New York football J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Right oh, now, nice. it's time for a Rod's rant of the day. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, I want to get into some uh, it's Texas football related because Sark said this, and we'll hear from Sark in uh, the Burnt Orange Curtain segment. We go behind the Burnt Orange Curtain, and we'll hear from Sark at his media availability yesterday talking about the scrimmage from this past weekend. But one of the things Sark has been emphasizing this offseason, you've heard him mention over and over again, is how they want to tr- their, their, their pressures to translate into sacks and into more 
havoc plays. We've talked about havoc plays. Havoc plays just splash plays by the defense. Uh, forced fumbles, interceptions, PBUs, um, you know, any type of takeaway, a fumble recovery, sack, tackles for loss. Those are splash plays by the defense, and they call them havoc plays these days. So they have havoc rates, um, and they actually track those plays uh, from different players. But getting back to Sark, Sark wants the pressure to automatically translate to sacks or havoc plays and takeaways. Texas' issue last year on defense, or one of their biggest issues on defense, was the fact that they didn't take the ball away enough. They only had 14 takeaways last season. You had 14 takeaways last season. You had 14 takeaways in 2021. One of, the, one of the few areas where the defense actually didn't get better last year was the ability to take the football away and force turnovers. Also, sacks were really low for Texas last year. Uh, they only had 27 sacks. Remember, PK said they missed 13 sacks. So they could have 40, uh, upwards of 40, but they missed 13 sacks, only ended up with 27. If you take the power five teams who were top 10, in pressures last year, like Texas. Texas was second, according to Pro Football Focus, behind Clemson in pressures, which is a tremendous improvement from where they were in 2021, one of the worst teams in college football at creating pressure. If you look at the top 10 uh, Power 5 teams in creating pressure, most of them were able to translate their pressures into sacks and or takeaways. Clemson, number one in pressures, they had 21 takeaways, 44 sacks. Uh, Pitt. Pitt was third in pressures, 22 takeaways, 48 sacks. Uh, Utah was sixth in pressures, 24 takeaways, 41 sacks. Uh, um, Penn State was fourth in pressures, 20 takeaways, 42 sacks. Texas was second in pressures, only 14 takeaways, only 27 sacks. So you're talking about the second lowest sack number uh, of the Power Five teams in the top five in pressures behind NC State, who had 28 sacks. But NC State at least had 22 takeaways. So their pressures led to 22 takeaways. Uh, Texas pressures only led to 14 takeaways. So you got low sack numbers and you also have low takeaway numbers. And there is a theory in football that pressure will translate and equal either takeaways and or sacks. Because the sacks come because, oh, you're getting pressure on the opposing quarterback, and all you have to do is cash in on those pressures and, you know, get the, get the tackle for loss, get the sack, and Texas didn't do enough of that. And when you talk about pressure, also putting quarterbacks in under duress, you talk about quarterbacks under pressure making bad decisions because they're under duress and therefore throwing the football away or being careless with the football, turnover-worthy plays. And for Texas, the mystery is their pressures are not translating to takeaways or sacks. So for Steve Sarkeesian, he's got to figure out what's being lost in that conversion. Because it seems like usually it's automatic. Uh, more pressures, that's going to equal more takeaways and more sacks. And it's not happening for Texas. And I think for Sark, that's part of what this offseason has been about. And that's why the big news for me in the scrimmage, or the best news in the scrimmage for me, was that the defense actually had three takeaways. Yep. They they got two interceptions and had a forced fumble. Sark didn't like it. Sark was <laughs> he was <laughs> a little critical guy. and upset about. It. He was like, "We had 130 plays, three turnovers, way too much for 130 plays." And he's right. That's like two games worth. That's like three turnovers in two games, pretty much. And for Sark, and by the way, last year Texas was tied with K State for the fewest turnovers on offense. 
So you're in a great position to win the turnover margin, but you need your defense to be more opportunistic to help you win that turnover margin. And he talked about Malik Muhammad, I believe. Who Manny. Had, they call him Manny. They call him Manny. He had a forced fumble and, a ta- and an interception. Jaron Thompson had an interception. I think Leon LaFowle is the one who had the fumble recovery. And the reason that's good because one of the ways that you can – you know, try to increase the havoc plays or increase takeaways on your defense is just to have ball hawks on your defense. Some guys, and I played with them, they have a natural innate sense to be a ball hawk, to take the ball away. Jaylen That's the Ford. way they yeah, think. Some guys just think like that. Yep. They play Nathan Bash, they think like that, they play like that. They play the ball is mine. I'm going to take the ball away. I didn't really have that mentality. I was a good player, but some guys have that natural mentality. They're ball hawks. You got Jalen Ford who led the led the Big Twelve actually last year in havoc plays. He had nineteen of them. He had the most in, in, of any player in the Big 12, so that's a ball hawk. DeMarvion Overshawn was top 10. You lost him. He had 15 of those. Jade Barron is a ball hawk. He had 15. Uh, Deshaun Jameson, you lost him. He had 11. He was top 33. So you had three top 10 players in Havoc plays in the Big 12 last season. Those are considered ball hawks, but you lost DeMarvion Overshawn, so two of those will return. If you can get guys like Jaron Thompson, to take his game to the level and become on those havoc players and be a ball hog, that will help you create more of those opportunities to take the ball away. Jalen Catalan is also one of those guys. I went and tracked his career havoc numbers. He's averaging one havoc play per game. That's what you need. Hell, um, last year, DeMarvin Overshawn was at 1.25, and he was top 10 in the Big 12. Uh, Jalen Ford was at 1.58. So if you're looking at Havoc plays and trying to track them per player, you expect guys like Jalen Catalan to take his game to the next level, become one of those guys, Jaron Thompson to become one of those guys. And if Alfred Collins and all the hype is real, he should also become one of them guys. Yeah, I... You should have four five of those Havoc players on your defense. Yeah, and I heard Sark in the headlines talking about the uh, the camp that he's had. The consistency is finally there. He's playing every rep and uh, really wreaking havoc on that defensive line next to Byron Murphy. So uh, we'll see if Alfred Collins can continue that into the football season. Great stuff in Rod's rant. Uh, Got to turn, turn it into turnovers, no question about that. Because if you can continue to be offensively efficient with not turning the ball over and you can force more turnovers and make those pressures count, oh, man. this team has a chance to, to achieve that because the teams will win the turnover battle teams that flip the field, and especially if you can combine that with a, with an improved, even more improved special teams unit, Rod, where they create havoc plays there, whether it's Which returns. they do. They do really well. Returns or block punts or block kicks or uh, field flipping plays kind of there. Those are going to be big, and that's obviously the goal for the Texas football team this year. Mm-hmm. And I would mention to what you said about havoc players, it does sound like uh, Manny Muhammad, the rookie. He, he the, might be one of them guys. Might be one of those guys. Some guys are just natural at it, man. They yeah. got it. It's an innate sense. They play the game differently. I play the game with great technique, great fundamentals, uh, trying to you know increase my football IQ as much as I can. But I was not a natural ball hawk. Right. I didn't have that innate sense. Nasty Nate had it. Michael Huff had I played with guys who had it, and I watched them in awe going, damn, I wish I had that. I wish I played the game with that mentality. I didn't. Derrick Johnson played the game like that. Though you need you need four five of them guys out there. And to, to, to uh, add to the stats you brought up, not the stat, the point you just brought up about turnover margin, there have been five times the Big 12 champion finished outside the top four in turnover margin in the last 17 years. I'll repeat. Five times the Big 12 champion has finished outside the top four in turnover margin in the last 17 years. Seven times the Big 12 champion finished first in turnover margin.
There you go. Including last season with K State. It's it is big. You're right. Turnover right for Texas. They got one half of that uh equation perfect because they, they they tied K State for the, the fewest. fewest giveaways last year. Um but they were ninth in the Big Twelve in takeaways. With all that pressure. Uh, exactly. That it doesn't make sense. Well, it's funny. <laughs> Coming up, I'll give uh, Longhorn fans a stat they don't want to hear. I mean, you're giving great stats and how they're going to improve. I got you a stat that they're, you don't want to hear this. Oh, no. It, it, it should be chip on the shoulder stuff. You do not want to hear this. Earmuffs? Or Are we going earmuffs with this stat? I'll give it to you. I'll <laughs> give it to you. You know, we got to be real. Got to be real with the people. Not too much burnt orange Kool-Aid. But also... Uh, I want to mention that uh, yesterday, last night, every Monday, I record the Eyes on Texas uh, podcast, multicast that I do with uh, normally Mike Craven. But Craven was out last night. He was on assignment with Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And our friend Diamante Tucker Dorsey came in and spent a Tuck. couple of segments. So Tuck was in. And, man, I asked him about Jalen Ford because he, you know. Played right beside him. You know, his roommate last year mm-hmm. was uh, was DeMarvion Overshone. He told gave a great story about DeMarvion and his game with the Cowboys. They talked right before, you know, they played on Saturday. So he's rooting for Demo. But he said Jalen Ford is the most one of the most instinctual players he's ever been around. I can tell. He said, you know, because, of course, DeMarvion, before he played one year at Texas, played five years at James Madison mm-hmm. as linebacker. So he's a really intelligent player, uh, undersized. He said, Jalen Ford, I asked him what the key is for all those turnovers, and he said, you know, great film study, but just great instincts. Just great instincts. He knows where to be. He exactly. senses it. And, uh, <laughs> senses. I love that he senses Well, and it. now Jalen Ford is, uh, you know, on the watch list for the Butkus Award, and he's mm-hmm. going to be in the mix for those conversations. So he can follow up the year he had last year. Now everyone's paying attention to Jalen Ford. It'll they be really different weren't for him last because year. Because now teams will either try to game plan to stay away from him, or they'll attack him in different ways because now they know he's a true bowler. <laughs> but, but for Longhorn fans, if you look for that today when it drops, it'll be on our YouTube page, YouTube channel at the That's Horn. Good stuff. Also, Dave Campbell's Texas Football iTunes and Spotify when it uh, comes out, probably about lunchtime today. I'm going to check um, that out. Uh, check it out. And, and, and Tuck is awesome. He also said to keep an eye on David Benda. He said, David Benda reminds me of myself, and he thinks in his senior year, he knows he's getting pressured from Anthony Hill and you know those type of players, Leona LaFowle. But he said, David Benda, this could be his year to, to have one of those kind of Jalen Ford kind of seasons. Because you're right, they are going to try to stay away from Jalen Ford. They're going to yes, try to will. attack David Benda yep. if he's on the field. He's the fifth-year man out of uh, out of Katy. Uh, Tuck said, keep an eye on him. I think he's, he's my guy. He didn't leave. He had a chance to leave and yeah, transfer. And he decided right. to stay. Yeah. We'll come back. I'll give you that stat you don't want to hear. We'll play uh, go into a round of bullish or BS with T.Y. Also, Rod, with more and more from Steve Sarkeesian talking about the scrimmage. 18 days. How did Arch Manning break free? <laughs> 20 miles per hour and hit 20, 20 miles and go 60 yards to the house <laughs> let Sark explain it's also a part of a criticism he had for his defense that's coming back here on Ian Rodby Aaron Hogan Rod Babers Austin's all sports leader the horn indeed in so many ways to join our show hopefully you're uh, checking it out on the YouTube channel which is growing tremendously continue to add to that growth just watch it on YouTube five hours every single morning Five days a week. Also, of course, on the Horn app, which we were seeing great digital numbers growth there, too. On the Horn app, so easy to use. And props to our man Ty Henderson, who's doing some work on that app to even streamline it further, making changes, more coming. Good also job, on Ty. that Horn app, Rod, you Look can follow up. along our Horn uh, Ian Rod B Top 20 countdown, where we're at number 14 hey today with the K-State Wildcats. We're going to check in with Tim Fitzgerald coming up at 930. But if you check that out, you got a tab to keep up with the teams we've already previewed. Listen to our interview yesterday that we had with Pete Sampson, who covers Notre Dame. We had Notre Dame at number 15 with uh, Sam Hartman. 
and now a quarterback. You know, Sam Hartman Rod has thrown seventy-seven touchdowns the last two years. Seventy-seven he, touchdowns. That offense he was in at Wake Forest. I wonder if they're just going to take a lot of the same concepts that he ran because he was really effective in that offense. As I told you, I, I watched it because I was just intrigued because I was hearing just behind the scenes that they were doing some really creative, innovative stuff on offense, and yeah, he's really effective. I wonder if they'll just take a lot of that. You know, like a lot of the philosophy and just use it. Well, 77 <laughs> touchdowns and a passer rating of like 150. Oh no, he's over the last man. two seasons of Wake Forest, and that's that's Mate, playing Wake in Forest the ACC. Competitive. Wake Forest shouldn't be competitive. Well, yeah, you're playing good teams in the ACC. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're not playing chumps. Uh, it's not the greatest conference, but uh, that's by no means yeah, sisters of the poor. Yeah, that was a good pickup by Notre Dame. Maybe the biggest. And yeah. uh, now, the, the, as we heard from Pete Sampson yesterday, though, said yesterday though, their problem is they don't have weapons. And they're really relying on Westlake's Jaden Greathouse say, to be important. They got some youngsters they brought in from Central Texas. They might be able to help them right well, away. It's never, if you want to compete for the Final Four, you, you probably shouldn't be relying on true freshmen Agreed. to be your go-to guys. Yeah. But that's why we have Notre Dame at 15. We also had full previews of Oklahoma at 16, uh, TCU 17, uh, Ole Miss at 18, North Carolina 19, and Texas Tech at 20. So if you missed any of those last week. and The AP didn't week, respect Tech at all. They did not. They we did gave, not rank we, Tech. We gave the Red Raiders some respect because it's the Joey Juice out in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. The coaches poll gave Tech some respect. I think they ranked them in the 20s. They did. But, uh, but go uh, back and not just, the AP. If you uh, missed those, just go to the Horn app. They're right there. Just click on the tab, and you can be you know checking out those interviews and previous conversations we've had spotlighting those teams. We're at number 14 mm-hmm. Today And if you're still having trouble with that Horn app and hornfm.com and our YouTube channel, and obviously the reception on uh, 101.9, if you're, if you're in the wrong part of town, is not the strongest. Ty, you have said, uh, the engineers say, make sure you send us an email. If you'd like the signal to be improved on 101.9, which we all would. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give because we, if you want to consume our program and be a part of our show each and every morning, we want to give you as, as many options as possible. Ty, what's the key to uh, to getting some some help? Okay, so send me an email at t henderson at hornfm.com, T Henderson at hornfm.com, and mention where you are specifically in Austin. Maybe a zip code. Include a zip code and mention, make sure you mention the 1019 signal specifically. Yep. Just send a quick email. Hey, this 1019 signal sucks. I'm in zip code. Can you get that fixed? Right. And yes. that's is, this is a political red tape thing with the FCC that will help us in our quest to potentially increase that. Because, you know, we, we know you can find us on our on the Horn app, which is tremendous, five hours a day and all day with with Patrick and all our shows. Mm-hmm. But uh, 1019, well, that would help as well, and AM 1260. So, so many ways to find us. Can I give you the number that Longhorn fans don't want to hear and you don't want to hear, Rod Vavers? Ty doesn't want to hear it. I'm just going to get everybody in a bad, put everybody in a bad mood well, at why like it's 7.30. The, that's why it's the, the all gas, no excuses mm-hmm. season, right? I mean, no more excuses. Let's just finish this thing. And we know the Longhorns in the program won the first Big 12 championship. That is true. And then they won another Big 12 championship in 2005 mm-hmm. on their way to a national championship. They won the Big 12 championship in 2009 yes. on their way to a national championship game. That's day three. they lost. That's day three. Well, do you know as of yesterday, Rod, today That's is the 15th of August. Yesterday was the 14th. I take this from a, uh, a radio station in... Oklahoma City, the ref, mm. the ref, Rod, oh, no. the ref, who pointed out yesterday marked 5,000 days. Oh, no. I don't like this stat. 5,000 days, it says, since the Texas last won a Big 12 championship in football. In that 5,000-day mm. span, <laughs> Oklahoma has won eight Big 12 championships. Mm. And in total, five Big 12 teams have won the Big 12 championship. Texas, in that 5,000 days, has had five losing seasons. And one ten win season. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
it's a sad stat. I don't even know what to say to it. It does. I mean, it rings true. I think Oklahoma total, where are they at? I think they're at 14 Big 12 titles. It's a cartoonish number. Like, it, it's a, a number defies that defies logic. It doesn't make it. When you say it, it's like, no, I got to double check that. And it's like, no, that's that's true. That's how much they've dominated this conference. They've dominated this conference. This is, Oklahoma's owned this conference. Every Lone Hunt fan that's knows 13 that. 13 and a half years. Essentially, goodness, five thousand days in just one season. I gave you the stat too that if you look at over unders, right? Just look at over unders since two thousand ten for Texas, um, Texas. And if you're a betting man, you'd have made a lot of money doing this. If you'd have just bet the uh, the under, you'd have hit big because Texas has only gone over its over under win total once in the last thirteen years, once, and that was twenty eighteen. So you can. And, but as Chris Bennett points out on our uh, text line, Specs text line, 512337 oh, no. he has got another one, Eddie. He says, uh, well, it's been 8,259 days since Oklahoma won a national championship. There you go. I like that. That's true, too. Well, that's true, but they've won some conference championships. This, <laughs> this one says, E, you are a human wet blanket. Stop talking about old stuff. That's not old stuff. That includes last year. Like, that's not old. That's recent. Yeah. I mean... It's just five thousand days. They're facts, people. Facts. They're facts. It's kind of like it's okay. It's kind of like the the big person that has lost a hundred pounds, and it's like, well, but you still weigh three fifty. <laughs> Are you calling Texas the obese? Well, no, it's <laughs> just biggest a, loser here. Well, this, this is what you got to change. This is the narrative you've got to. This is on Sark and this staff and this team, and I think they have the mentality. I think they have the expectation. I think they have the talent to do it, and that's how you shut people like the ref up. And you, yeah, you, you, you turn numbers like that around, and, and as you've said a lot, the Cowboys are in the same spot. Cowboys haven't played in an NFC Championship game in 25 years. Oh, And that's yeah. the, that is the bar for, for hey, Dallas this hey, year. Let's and, not be— And y'all know E, he's got a special connection to the Cowboys oh, no. and, their, <laughs> and their lack of achievement uh, because if they do happen to make it to a Super Bowl, they got to win it or make it there? They got to win, win it. Win it. They got to win it. I said I made the promise in 1999 the Cowboys will never win a Super Bowl. Win a Super Bowl with Jerry Jones as their general manager. That was the promise. Mm -hmm. And, again, that stemmed from they had just won three Super Bowls in a four-year span a couple of years previous, and so it was a pretty bold statement at the time. And it was a brilliant one. But I was just convinced that as long as Jerry Jones is making the football decisions as general manager – then the ego-driven way in which he runs things, that's not going to happen. You weren't wrong. I know. <laughs> You're still not wrong. <laughs> and that was a great take. That was a hot take. That was a flaming hot take hot right take. there, man. And you know what? Turns out, E was the man on but that it, one because the Cowboys ba- have proven was, you right over and over again. But it was baked in, in practicality. because I just assumed at some point, because I knew Jerry Jones, if you had told me, I, that it was going to be 25 years, however long it's been, or 23 years, 24 years, I would. I, but he, at some point, Jerry Jones is going to fire himself, right? At some point, he's going to say, you know what? I need a no. real football general manager, no, not me or my son. He's too old for that now. He's not going to fire himself. He He's added a, a very good support system around him now with Will he McClay. Has. He's listening now to others and Stephen Jones. So I think now he has, instead of firing himself, he has kind of demoted himself. He's taking a step back. He's taking a step back where he's now allowing others to influence his decisions and inform his decisions. Back when you made that move or made that promise, he he was just running things like a dictator. (laughs) And he thought he was one of the smartest football minds in the NFL. I think over the last two decades he's learned, oh, I'm not actually that sharp of a football mind. 
I oh, I have a sharp I mind for business. He that. But but he's like he, I think now he's a little bit more humble about hey there are others who can help me in this you know process as a GM and he's a GM now and he's he's not actually the GM. Will McClay is making the GM decisions. He's a GM in title. He's the owner. He's not making those. That's why they're that's why they're drafting so well. He's not Jerry draft. That's why Jerry would have drafted Johnny Manziel. Okay, like it's just, that's, if Jerry had his way, you wouldn't have Zach Martin on the team right now. No, you'd have I, I, you'd be talking about Johnny and that mistake. Uh, you got I, Zach Martin because Jerry Jones listens now to others around him. Well, yes, I mean in that time Jerry was off because Jerry's ego was out of control because they had won three Super Bowls. He bought the team. Fired Every billionaire's Tom ego is out of control. Let's be fair about well, that. And that one if you're was, a billionaire, your ego would be well, out of control. And, and if, to your point of what you just said, if he's <laughs> at eighty years old now, if, if the old man's come to a bit of his senses and he's taking a little bit of step back, even though he's still wears the the mantle of general manager and he's listening to more people same time the bar is the same the bar is the same mm-hmm. the longhorns bar is winning the big 12 championship and ending that 5000 days without a big 12 championship it's now 5001 uh and oklahoma is the ref in oklahoma city pointed out they've won 8 since Texas has won one. Mm-hmm. That's how you change that narrative going into the SEC by winning it this year for the Dallas Cowboys the last time they played it's been over 10,000 days since they played an NFC championship game. I know. Exactly. That's their bar. <laughs> that is the bar. Get past the divisional round. You get past the divisional round, I think Cowboys fans will look at the season as a success. If you don't, I think they'll look at the season well, as a disappointment. And that's a high bar. It is a high bar. But at the same time, it should be the expectation. But Romo or Dak couldn't get past the divisional round. Romo and Dak. I'm a Romo sexual. I love me some Romo. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Dak head. I love Dak, too. I'm a, I think Dak is great. But some people out there obviously been very critical of both and I think the biggest criticism is they can't get past the division around as a matter of fact that I believe they're the only I gotta if I, there's a stat about this that I will find it is rare very rare to have two quarterbacks who have reached the division around as much as Romo and Dak and not been able to get past the division around Agreed. it's just rare to have that happen they've reached the division around a lot Oh, a bunch. bunch. <laughs> right? And he's banging the their head up against That's that. The ceiling. Yeah, and they can't get well, past it. Well, let's be fair. To the, for, the, for the Longhorns, it's all gas, no excuses. Win the Big 12. This year, you're picked by everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, AP polls out, you're number 11. There's not another Big 12 team ranked higher. Nope. Um, our spotlight today in the Horn Top 20 is K State. They're the defending champs. You're going to have to beat them. You got them at home this year, and you may have a rematch with them, you know, in Arlington or mm-hmm. someone else. But for the Cowboys, it really is. And then, look, is it wrong to say that if the Cowboys don't make it to the Final Four, to the Final Two of the NFC, and play for a game that gets to the Super Bowl, that Mike McCarthy's might be gone? There will, yes. I, I, now, well, uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's... Dan Quinn might be the replacement, too. And Dan Quinn <laughs> is sitting there. Especially if the failure for the third straight year is on the offensive side of the ball. Because both mm-hmm. each of the last two years... In the San Francisco divisional round game, one in Arlington, one in San Francisco, the defense played well enough to win the game. I the defense played well enough to win the football game. Yep, the offense didn't do enough, and that's why Colin Moore is out. That's why Mike McCarthy is taking control of the plays, and that's why you know Dak Prescott and he have what do they call it the Texas Coast offense, and they're trying to Texas Coast offense. Yeah, I don't know. And if they don't beat him again, you know, I think that's going to stick to Mike McCarthy and the the Joneses. Are going to say, you know what? Let's keep Dan Quinn, and then Dan, let's go out and find the best offensive mind we can find, and um, because this ain't working. I was say last time Dan Quinn was a head coach, he did a damn good job finding an OC. He found Kyle Shanahan, and he had Sark. He had Sark. And so I'm saying he actually did a decent. I think Matt Lafleur was on that staff at one time too. He actually did a good job of hiring coaches. So 
If, I'm just saying if it comes to that. We are a long way away from that. Hopefully that is not the case with Cowboys. Hopefully you make it past the division around, and then I think out of that, how McCarthy might even get an extension, make it past the division around. Well, and here it is if, if you want to take can that. Can you keep Dan Quinn is the question. That's right. If you want, well, because I think Dan Quinn likes yeah. where he's at. He likes he, his team. He likes Michael. And he, he kind of thinks he might end up getting this gig at some mm-hmm. point. If it, Not that he's rooting for failure by any stretch. Uh, but at the same time, you know, if the right job were to come up after this year, he would he would consider it because he's waiting on the right job, Dan Quinn. Oh yeah, I like I'm with you on that. I would also say to continue the parallel with the Longhorns and the Cowboys. You know, the, the if the Oklahoma Sooners have been the nemesis with eight championships in the Big Twelve since you know, those five thousand days, and as uh, somebody pointed out, both teams in the Big Twelve era have played in two national championship games. Both have won one. That's true, but Big Twelve championships do matter. Yeah, Within come the conference on, guys. Conference matter. championships matter. Let's not act like the Director's Cup matters Only- more than a conference championship <laughs> in football. God, y'all got CDC, got y'all brainwashed. Come on, guys. Yeah. Conference championships in football, we know this they matters. They still matter. <laughs> They're still big. We got Director's Cup. Okay. Yeah, they matter. They matter. They matter. And Oklahoma's <laughs> got a bunch of them. Texas yeah. does not. All the trophies in the trophy case. But this is a year where Texas should be able to take advantage of a still-down Oklahoma uh, K State is really good, but you're more talented. All that, but for the parallel, for the for the if the Longhorn problem has been Oklahoma, and that's your chief nemesis. Guess who the Cowboys' problem is? Philadelphia, and 49ers. Well, Philadelphia for sure, but yes, the Niners in, in the division. So that, but yeah, you're right. But Philadelphia, it, it's both. It's a little bit of both, in my opinion, because you always seem to meet San Fran in the playoffs. Yeah, well, Philadelphia's you know been in two Super Bowls recently. Yes. One one. They're a better organization than you and right now. Real, and yeah, that's how your that's your bar of Jerry Jones. They're right. That's their organizationally. Like, right they're better than you. They're witty. They're witty. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Did you guys say Tech Gulf Coast offense? No, it's the Texas Coast. They can't call it the Gulf Coast offense or the Third Coast offense because they that's that's technically not them. That's Houston. That's Houston. Houston is more Third Coast because they actually have a coast. Dallas ain't got no coast. <laughs> That's why they call it the Texas Coast, that kind of thing. Well, right, can I give you this stat real quick, though, about do. Romo and Daxon were on the subject? Romo's a miracle. Uh, since their last Lombardi trophy was hoisted, the conclusion of the, the last Super Bowl for the Cowboys, they have yet to return to the NFC Championship game, posting a dismal 0-7 mark in divisional round. Um, if you go look at it, Romo and Dak, both, both of those guys are there. So how about this stat? Um, it says in the last 10 years, Prescott's – 33% playoff win percentage. He's second worst over the last 10 postseasons, trailing just Alex Smith. Um, and if you go look at uh, Dak Prescott and Romo, and Romo's kind of in that category too where he just couldn't get past that division around. So for Dak, it's all about in the postseason. He's 2-4 and four as a postseason starter. And I think for Dak, he's got to find a way to get past that, that division around. Or Dak, the narrative about Dak will stick too. Yep. And he can't win the big one. Well, and Steve Sarkeesian's in that conversation, too, because he's got a championship yeah. roster. Can he win a championship, get a 10-win season on the board? That becomes the question. We'll talk more. We'll hear from Sark coming up, coming out of the scrimmage. He met the media yesterday afternoon, talked about Arch Manning's 50-yard or longer touchdown run, how that happened, and uh, also the young standouts that are continuing to impress the head coach. We'll get to that. But next, it's bullish or BS. Bullish or BS, topics in the sports world that we are bullish on and uh, others that we're not buying. Coming next. Back to school all over Central Texas. Be careful out there. Traffic is up. Car lines are loaded. 
As we've said today, it's uh, following AISDN yesterday. It's going to be Round Rock, Pflugerville, Hayes, San Marcos, Dripping Springs, Giddings, Luling, but certainly in Austin proper and in Central Texas, Round Rock and Pflugerville, San Mar- uh, Dripping and Hayes. That's going to ramp traffic up big time. And tomorrow, Eanes and Lake Travis and the rest kind of join the parade of back to school. So uh, we're bullish on you being careful on the highways and byways Both while you're isn't. listening to our program, whether it's on the Horn app. And I appreciate the emails to thenderson at email.com, at, at hornfm.com. A lot of those came in over that uh, segment to, to looking for signal improvements on 1019. That will help us. It's an FCC thing, you know, red tape, bureaucracy, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But Rod B, bullish or BS? It's time for our great segment. Uh, what are we bullish on and what are we calling BS on? It's brought to you by Austin's undefeated. Undefeated. That's right. Pro rodeo team, the Austin Gamblers, who Come won again some. over the weekend in Anaheim. They're 7-0 and atop the uh, PBR, and they're going to be well, counting down the days. We're two weeks out now Beautiful. to the big weekend, the, the Gambler Days out at Moody Center, uh, where they turn that thing into a rodeo arena. The mood. The mood will be jamming. It was jamming mm. last night with Foreigner, Rod. Foreigner. Oh, and okay. Stevie Nicks. Oh, old school. Coming up on Wednesday. Some legendary acts. Legends, yeah. Foreigner with all those 70s and 80s hits. The rock anthems. I know and what that then, crowd looked like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Stevie Nicks. When we were at the Astros game on uh, on Saturday night, you know, most of the people down there are there to see the Astros game that are staying in hotels. But the other big event at the Toyota Center where the Rockets play, Stevie Nicks. Okay. Everybody oh, wow. said it was a great show. Man. So there you go. Stevie get out and Nicks see Nicks still uh, selling out some big venues. But get those tickets for Gambler Days, the music, the rodeo, the bull riding, the high-octane adrenaline rush. It's uh, AustinGamblers.com. They bring you bullish or BS. Uh, Ty Henderson joins us for this segment. Uh, you guys bullish or BS on this? I saw where uh, Margot Robbie Rod and Ty is expected to earn over $50 million in salary and bonuses for her role in Barbie, which continues to win the box office. Bullish or BS that right now Margot Robbie is the biggest female movie star actress in Hollywood? Bullish. Mm, no, that's a BS. Who she's, is that? I don't know if she's the biggest. I had to do some research, but I don't know if she's, I don't, I don't know if she's the biggest. She's, she's great. She's big. But there's still actresses that I think are still they, they may not be acting in movies right now, but they're just as big. She's just right now she's, she's hot. on a roll. She's on a roll right now. I Biggest Tanya. actress in Hollywood. That's I, a bold statement. Well, like currently, like who's you know you know, we're gonna Meryl Streep over time. That's what I'm saying. Like you said, exactly, what's your definition of biggest actress in Hollywood? I'm like who Margot would, who would demand the, the biggest bill- actress in Hollywood? Well, you know how Hollywood works. Who would mm-hmm. demand the biggest payday to play a lead role in a big film that someone wants to cash in on? Mm. Um. I don't know. Like I said, give me. I mean, I'm trying to take a list, but I'll, I'll say BS. Just my personal. Call, I wouldn't say she's BS. the. I wouldn't say she's the she biggest. She did once upon a time star. in Hollywood, Wolf of Wall Street, I Tanya, which she was. But Oscar I Tanya, nom- she was fantastic. I think it's her best performance I've ever seen her in. Is and, I Tanya, and apparently, obviously, Barbie continues to win the box office, <laughs> and she was very good at it. And I have not seen it, but uh, I, I, you know, just a question: bullish or BS? Ty says bullish because she's really hot. And Rod says BS because <laughs> she's also a she's great really hot. Yeah, she's she's gorgeous. Yes, of course, she's smoking hot. Yeah. She does a great job. Yeah, no, she's really talented too. Like I said, it, it, but not I the think biggest. It's a, biggest is a lot. It's a, de- it's a debate worthy of having biggest female star in Hollywood. Not all time, but current right the now. Currently, right now, biggest ticket. female star. Kind of like Taylor Swift right now, right? She's the hottest Swift ticket is. in music. Yeah, um, with she's this tour that yeah. she's on. Uh, so bullish or BS? I got to say this: I'm BS. Can you guys stop? I keep being seeing Sandra Bullock as trending. Mm-mm. Sandra Bullock just played a role in The Blind Side. Can we get off my girl Sandy? Come on now. Yeah, I, I mean, she, she just, had nothing to do with right. them swindling. Yeah, uh, people are all ripping. 
They're swift like like she did it. Yeah, yeah, nothing to do with we that. We all remember in the movie when she sat on the curb with Michael Orr, like pulled him out of the ghetto, and you know, <laughs> Sandy. But that was that was a that was an actress. Mm. That was a role, Rod. Yeah, that was a role. Quit. I don't know if that was real. Go after the Tuies, and I think there's some bullish or BS there. Ty, what do you have for us in bullish or BS on a Tuesday? Um, AI can now steal your p- passwords by listening to you type. What? They so, can steal your password by listening to you type? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cornell's study said that uh, they tried it over Zoom, um, and this AI program with 90% accuracy could could get your password right 93% or 95% of the time. 95? So I don't doubt you- AI. It's crazy. Yeah, it's scary. So I won't doubt that. They can do your voice now. Like nothing. They can actually. Yeah, but the they sounds can of keys, your voice. The sounds yeah, that you know which type. Key I'm pushing because I'm, I'm sure that every keystroke sounds different, and you just right? got to have a very you on know, every keyboard, and it knows that. That's I unbelievable. Bet it does. I'm not bullish on that algorithm like that. That's yeah, man. I don't. I, AI is scary. Is it's scary? It's really scary in a lot of ways, especially for crooks and people who are shady. Because you can do a lot of shady stuff with AI these days. So it works by, it might take you longer to, to hit the X key on your keyboard than the A. So it's person specific. So it, oh. it sits there and it analyzes you typing. And then after a certain amount of time, it can guess what exactly what you're typing. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Are you it, guys bullish or BS on this? Fans are asking, did you see Lucas Glover on the PGA Tour 1 in Memphis over the weekend, St. Jude, but it was so hot and muggy. He had the, like, the ass sweat going on through his slacks. <laughs> the butt sweat? The butt sweat. <laughs> and now fans are pushing for it. Come on, just let him wear shorts like they do on the – let him wear shorts when it's 1,000 degrees. You still going to have butt sweat and shorts. I know. <laughs> if you live in Texas, everybody's saying it's like, what, butt sweat? Memphis is hot. <laughs> it's coming no matter what you wear. <laughs> Ask the ladies who go out there to tailgates and they're wearing sundresses and, and cowboy boots. Still butt sweat going on. A lot of butt. Right. Lucas Glover had a lot of it. Yeah. He needed some oh, gold bomb powder. Oh, <laughs> whoa. I didn't see that. Oh, what the, what's going on there? The whole thing is soaked. Come on, man. Uh, it's gotta... humid. It's humid. Give me some gold bond. We're back. Ian Rod B. <laughs>